he has his say, you can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Coming through the door I think we've met somewhere before Hello, love Hello Hello, love Yes, hello and howdy Where in the world have you been so long? I missed you so since you've been gone Hello, love We are glad you are back and here with us hello, for round love. number two of this big gig Make yourself feel right at home I hope you plan on staying long Come in, love Yeah, come on in Sit down, sat a spell Spend a little time with us here on the Watchdog Morning Show It's 8, 10, 10 minutes after the hour Busy hour coming up uh, Gubernatorial candidate and mayor of Huntington Steve Williams in only a minute or two We're also going to talk to Rosemary Ketchum next half hour uh, Who is a third ward councilwoman in the city of Wheeling And also a candidate for mayor in the city of Wheeling About the homeless camp debate that's going on here in the friendly city and in the next hour we head up to new hampshire for live updates from uh, former congressman paul hodis and our uh, political analyst matt robeson about does new hampshire mean anything anymore in its primary all of that coming up a bit later on but first mr slider let's take a quick check of this uh, weather uh, we are looking for a cloudy day today and uh, daytime high around 30. Not bad. Nice and pleasant. I'd say pleasant compared to yesterday. We were negative 9. So roaming around 20 degrees or so. But apparently tonight into tomorrow, we've got to start being a little more careful. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to end there, Howard. You know, once we get here, that's going to be a battle in the morning. And then according to Adam Fike, and he knows what he's talking about, it's going to, it's going to snow continuing uh, through Friday up until maybe drive, drive home time. Uh, Adam says the timing will be somewhere around 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. It'll start to snow. It will hit its peak around 7. In other words, right around all of our drive times tomorrow. I think he also said we're going to look for a lot of fog in addition to the snow, too. So that's going to make drive time a little bit more difficult tomorrow. And then it will continue to snow throughout the day. By the time the day is done, Adam says tomorrow, 3 to 5 inches between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Should lighten up a bit overnight and then into the weekend. Still some snow, but not terrible. Now, as always, things can change. So keep an ear here. Keep an eye on TV7. Look at the Storm Tracker 7 app on your phone just in case things move a little bit. Right now, it looks like tomorrow morning, drive time, uh, drive home time, whoosh, uh, and then the weekend could be okay. Then the weekend could be make snowmen and, well, he said it's going to be bad snowman weather, but get out in the snow, make snow angels or something. It's eight, uh, 21, 22 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 20 at the Highlands, 21 in Elm Grove, and 20 here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. Let me welcome to the show the mayor of Huntington and a Democratic gubernatorial candidate in West Virginia, Steve Williams. Steve, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Howard. Happy New Year. Same to you. To talk with you. We're reaching you at the, uh, what, the Conference of Mayors, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, our winter meeting is being held this week and uh, got here on Tuesday. And uh, depending on the weather tomorrow, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> tomorrow, is, tomorrow is a good day to try to get home early or have to wait till Saturday. I really want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to get home. I get it. 
what 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 do you do to? I mean, I, I've talked to Mayor Allen about when he's been to the conference of mayors and other of our Wheeling mayors as well. Do you learn stuff there? Do you is it a networking oh, thing? Yeah. Do you get good, good information? What do you do? And well, you get a lot of great information. And uh, I've been around now for eleven years, so. I have access to other meetings that I'd never had when I first became became mayor. Um, this week alone, I will have met with uh, three separate uh, cabinet secretaries. Um, we've got tomorrow morning a meeting with the Secretary of State, uh, Secretary Blinken. Uh, yesterday, I met with uh, Secretary Becerra, and uh, the night before that, I was with uh, Secretary Buttigieg. And, wow. uh, uh it the, the the wonder of it all is the networking that occurs is that uh, obviously the size of Huntington is considered a small town among all all of these mayors but one thing i learned a long time ago in in business when i was in finance uh, the difference between a big deal and a small deal was nothing but zeros well the difference between a big city and a small city uh, is nothing but zeros. We're all dealing with the same stuff. They just have a bigger population base than, than we have, and we learn an awful lot from one another. I remember I was looking at a larger market uh, one time to go to, and uh, I was getting nervous, and I did not take the job. But uh, my friend who offered me the job, he said, Howard, the only difference between there and here is where you put the decimal point. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot a lot to that but with that decimal point also comes with an awful lot of other expectations exactly steve <laughs> are you Hunt, huntington is a strong mayor form of government is that correct is that yes. The, yes 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 so you are yes. you are effectively the chief executive of the city uh not just the elected leader but the chief executive of the city essentially yes Actually, I, I have a real unique perspective. Um, back in the mid-1980s, when I was starting my career, um, I got named city manager in Huntington, and I was city manager for two years. I was the reason that they decided to go to the strong mayor form of government, which goes to also tell you that if enough time passes by, people forget. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's an interesting mixture of, of traits that would benefit you uh, and the state uh, were you to be governor. You're running for the Democratic nomination for governor, and so far the only Democrat, uh, as far as I know, that's filed for that position. Uh, so you'll be uh, running for governor. Um, but it's an interesting mixture of uh, executive experience, which the governor is, and also of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Compromise isn't the right word, but uh, the ability to work with others as well. Well, what's interesting in, in my career, I mean, there's some that would say, oh, you can't keep a job. Uh, but I started off in economic development, so I built two economic development programs. That's what led to me being city manager. Then I was in the state legislature for eight years, 
while I was in the state legislature and after I'd left city government, I worked to work in in public finance and I helped communities put together bond issues, how to be able to pay for infrastructure projects. And then I moved on into the brokerage business, helping individuals with their own financial um, financial plans and, and such. Found my way several years later back to being on city council. So good heavens! If you look at all the things that I that I have done over the years, these are the things that helped me understand how to be able to build consensus. Uh, identify a vision, be able to articulate the vision and build consensus uh, around that. That's, somebody asked me the other day, said, so whether you're a, a mayor or a, a governor, how do you know how to be able to run that such a breadth of different, different operations? The key is, is that a mayor or a governor isn't going to know everything there is about public safety. And they're not going to know everything about policing. They're not going to know everything about roads and, 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 and everything. But what you do need to know is how to be able to get brilliant people around you yeah. and rely upon them. You need to know what the vision is as to where you want to go. And then what I say to my leadership team, uh, this is where we want to go now. Let's lay out the the path that we can go and I'll make a decision off of that and once we make that decision then everybody's got to be on board. Steve between now and election day we'll talk a lot more you and I about oh, your sure. gubernatorial thoughts and and so on. Uh, what I wanted to chat about for a minute or two here this morning uh, it struck me yesterday. Uh, I spent a good bit of the day yesterday with Wheeling Mayor Glenn Elliott who has now filed mm-hmm. for the Democratic nomination for the US Senate seat. Uh, and I got thinking about Mayor Elliott and Mayor Williams and yeah. I got thinking, you know, have the maybe the West Virginia Democratic Party, which has quite frankly had a lot of problems in recent years, recruiting candidates and getting elected, maybe they should look more to the cities, more more to the mayors and municipal government as uh, as the bench. I really do believe, and I, I, I agree with you, Howard. I really do believe that our opportunity as a party, but frankly as a state is that uh, the foundation relies upon the local leaders. And uh, the one thing that we say at the West Virginia Municipal League is a a, a strong municipality, strong cities make a strong state. Um, The one thing I am absolutely certain of is that uh, you bring mayors, city managers, uh, you bring county commissioners together. Uh, One thing that we do know what to do is we know how to address the issues that are present in our community. We don't necessarily have the capacity to be able to get it done. And that's where we have to have a partnership with the state and a partnership at the federal level. Uh, one thing, when once you're at local government, whether it be city or county, and as I indicated earlier, one of the when I was working in economic development, started working in economic development, I was a county employee. But we started what you start seeing is how to be able to draw upon other resources and other capacities uh, through, once again, state government and federal government. And, um, uh, oh, gosh, what was the name of the uh, uh, Francis Underwood? What was the, it was, uh, the House of Cards? 
Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good show, by well, the way. One yes. of the things right. said is that you can have you can have four five hundred and thirty four members of the House and the Senate, and you can have uh, fifty governors, but you get one motivated mayor, and they'll get more done than all combined. <laughs> well, I, I think the, I think the thing that that uh, makes me focus on mayors and other municipal leaders, perhaps, is that at c- the city government level. Um, it isn't political. Now, everybody knows there's politics in everything, and, and you know, but it's not a political position, generally speaking. You don't usually play politics. It's not so much as we see in the legislature and other, elsewhere where it's, you know, you have to go to the right or to the left. The job of most municipal leaders is simply to get things done. Sure. Now, I'm, here at the Conference of Mayors, um, we have Democrats and Republicans. We were talking about this uh, yesterday. You said we are all sitting at, together at the same table, and we don't look to see if there's a D or an R after your name. You just look to get something done. And the reality is, and I, I can't remember which mayor it was that, that said it was one of the big cities that said that uh, there are not Republican potholes and Democratic potholes. <laughs> they're all they're they're all the same. And the reality is is that. Um, we have to be able to to work to, together. I mean, I've I can I've had three separate uh, presidential administrations, and I've had Democratic and uh, Republican presidents. I've had Democratic and Republican governors. And the one thing for sure is that you learn, you play with who who the players are on the field. That's it. And you don't look at jersey numbers. You don't look at jersey colors and everything. We all are on the field, and we have to do the same thing. You know, as a Democrat, I I have been worried about where does the party go, particularly in the state, but actually across the country. Um, And again, I I recognize that two does not make a trend. But you had announced months ago, and then Mayor Elliott jumping in this time, and I just it just began to focus me on maybe maybe the party needs to think about redefining itself as a party of people who get things done because they do it in their own cities. The, the record uh, of success comes from the cities. I, I, I think that everything that we have to point to is uh, you don't measure on all these other things. You just, did you get something done or didn't you? Exactly. I mean, the fact of the matter is that City Hall, that's all somebody wants. They want their garbage picked up. Yeah. They want their sidewalk fixed. Uh, and and um, as mayors, as council members, I was also on city council as, as well. Um, the one thing, you can't get away from everybody. You're seeing it at church, in the grocery store, when you go into the restaurant, as you're walking down the street, um, it's and that's unlike in the state legislature. That's unlike a member of Congress. It's, uh, I've served in the legislature, and we'll see people during the 60-plus days, and we'll run into people while while we're at, at home. But nothing is like local government where you're at you are expected um, to listen and to identify the problem and then not just say, well, yeah, I'm with you. You've got to get it done. And one thing that I think that uh, Glenn and I both will be able to articulate is, is that work ethic that that you, you just don't talk about it. 
you've got to do it. And uh, that's what you're measured on in local government. Well, Steve, get back into that meeting and uh, learn some more things and network some more. And um, we will, you and I will talk a lot more. Uh, as I mentioned, I was here, spent a good bit of time with Mayor Elliott yesterday. He asked me when I told him you were going to the show to pass along his regards and say how, how much he feels uh, you do a great job down there. And um, thank He's you for joining us this morning. Well there. Thanks for having me on, Howard. I'm looking forward to continuing these conversations over the coming year. You know and we will. Thanks okay. a lot. Appreciate it very much. Have yourself a great day. Steve Williams is the mayor of Huntington, and he is uh, running for the Democratic nomination for governor. I, I say the Democratic nomination. There is nobody else filed. He probably will simply be the Democrat running. As with Mayor Elliott, it's an uphill slog. I mean, he is, you know, look, a Democrat in West Virginia. It, that phrase is almost oxymoron. But I, I don't know. Bob, am I off base on this, thinking that maybe instead of trying to always look to, quote, other politicians— Look to the cities, look to the mayors, look to the people who, who get things done in their town. Well, I mean, you've been around a while, Howard. It hasn't worked like that before, has it? Well, no, we don't We don't really do that right. much. Right, so that would be a change, and I don't know. I, To me, again, you just, it's a... It's just different. Uh, I don't. I don't care who you have. Uh, Governor Justice is just going to be one of those candidates. It's like Robert Byrd used yeah. to be. He's unbeatable. Uh, forget about it. So I don't really know if they're just popping up because of the the new opportunity. But we'll see if they're effective or not. Well, I also think uh, from a political point of view, uh, from a party point of view, you have to begin to develop a bench. One of the problems the Democratic Party has had is we lived on the uh, Jay Rockefellers, Robert Byrds, and uh, Jennings Randolphs for decades. And the Democratic Party just kind of coasted along, never did work on building a bench, getting people who were ready to step up to the plate when some of the other ones left. The, I mean, Joe Manchin was the last person that the Democratic Party had sort of in waiting uh, to step into it. And I'm just thinking that I'm not suggesting, and I, I, I mean, I hope they do, I'm not suggesting Steve Williams is going to win the governor's race. I'm not suggesting that, that, that Glenn Elliott's going to beat Jim Justice or even Zach Shrewsbury. I don't know. But what I am saying is I think maybe the Democratic Party ought to start thinking about looking in different places for candidates. We're always looking for other politicians. You know, We're looking for a state delegate to run up to be the, the state senator and the state senator to go to be governor. Maybe we ought to look someplace different. And the cities may be the place. Well, in my opinion, I'm not a Democrat. I think the Democratic Party in, in West Virginia did more harm to themselves than, than anybody else. They, they just didn't have that new ranks coming yeah. up through. And let's don't forget, Glenn Elliott's a young guy. He's just getting started in his political career. So even if he's getting his feet wet just for the experience, and you know, look, look at Governor Justice. He is later on in his career. So one of these days, there's going to be more openings. Look at uh, more Capito, the, the senator. She's she's not young. She's not just getting started. Right. So I think the Democratic Party has to start from the ground roots again, Howard. Even if you get knocked off in this race, it's experience and getting your name out there. I think that's basically starting all over. I, I'm we're behind time, but. The Democratic Party has reached, I mean, the Republican Party in Washington has reached where it is going back, geez, 20 years ago. And it's when uh, Rob Capehart was uh, chairman of the party. And it's when the Republicans, as a party, said, we are going to put somebody up for every office. We're going to run every time. We're going to lose, but we're going to, that's when the Democrats had complete control. We're going, somebody is going to be there every time. And the names that we're seeing now, Governor, Justice, Senators, and so on, 
uh, Governor Justice, Governor, uh, Senator, and so on, are the people that got into little positions first and began to move their way up. It was a long-term strategy. And I'm just saying, thinking that maybe Repub Democrats need to think about, look to the cities a little bit more. I'm way behind time. Quick break. Back in a minute. I was the first in my family to go to college. I was looking to switch careers. I wanted the highest quality, but most affordable option for a degree. No matter where you are in life, West Virginia Northern Community College can make your dream of a college degree a reality. With over half of our students being first-generation college students and free tuition for many programs, Northern is the right choice for you. I can go to college. West Virginia Northern Community College. You belong here. You took the first step and quit smoking, but even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know about a new low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early. It takes only 60 seconds and could save your life. You took the first step, now take the next. Visit SaveByTheScan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're eligible and talk to your doctor about screening. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Don't just listen. Be part of all of our shows. Use the Frio Stack Auction Service hotline. Call or text us at 304-214-1600. The Frio Stack Auction Service Hotline. Your direct connection to the watchdog. The Highlands is the Ohio Valley's top spot for shopping, dining, and entertainment, too. Play a round of simulated golf at the Four Seasons course. Grab a movie with family or friends at the Marquee Cinemas, featuring 14 screens of the hottest new movies in all digital and 3D. Plus, special promotions like Flashback Cinema. Or visit the Highlands Sports Complex with turf, courts, climbing wall, and an arcade. Shopping, dining, and entertainment. Just off I-70 at the top of the hill, the Highlands. On FM, on AM, online, on demand, and on video. We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here now. Nice to see you. It's been a long time. You're just as lovely as you used to be. How's your new love? Are you happy? Hope you're doing fine Just to know it Means so much to me Well, always country bumper music And of course, 90% of them is always sad songs So let me throw in a quick good news story here Which I, I saw this yesterday and This is I meant to talk about it It's just a quickie, but it's good The American Cancer Society issued their, their annual report uh, yesterday, Bob Death from cancer is dropping. Well, that's great news. Yeah, that's good. I mean, there's still a lot of people are dying from cancer. But last year, four million fewer people died than had done died a decade ago from cancer. So we're making progress. And we should. I mean, I, I, I that's great news. But it's it's news that I think we've been all been expecting, maybe a little sooner, because. I don't know, Howard. They've been working on this a long, long time. And look at all the money that, that goes to uh, cancer research. Like it should, but that's great news. Experts are worried about rising colorectal cancer deaths among Americans under 50 years of age. 
Why are they worried about that? Well, I guess there must be people under 50 are getting uh, rectal, colon rectal cancer. That's not good. But, again, uh, the good story is uh, cancer deaths are down. I mean, it's still a problem, but cancer deaths are down. So a little good tidbit there for us. 8.32, 28 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Rosemary Ketchum is going to join us coming up in the next half hour to talk more about Wheeling's homeless situation, the homeless camping ban, the ACLU suit, and more. But first we'll go to Taylor Long over in the Ohio Valley News Center from WTRF-TV. Good Thursday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this January the 18th. Given the recent cold weather, it's likely that many of us have been warming up our cars for a few minutes before driving. However, AAA says with vehicles today, you should only let the engines idle for about as long as it takes you to fasten your seatbelt. When it comes to your battery, Christopher Beach, a technician for AAA, says most of the cars he sees have not had their batteries properly taken care of. He adds that to avoid a dead battery, people need to drive their cars two to three times a week for at least 30 minutes at a time. He also says his colleagues and him have been taking more calls than usual and that will probably continue this week. So he's asking drivers to be patient if you need assistance from AAA in the coming days. And the ACLU's legal action against Wheeling is progressing, coinciding with the ban on homeless camping. This isn't the first time the ACLU of West Virginia has sued the city. They say they sued back in 2020, the result being that the city had to provide certain protections when they wanted to destroy homeless encampments. This new lawsuit is not challenging the previous ruling. The ACLU says the new lawsuit is specifically addressing the new ordinance that specifically bans living in public. The ACLU says they sent the city multiple letters to try to find a solution and that filing a lawsuit was a last resort. 7 News is your local election headquarters. WTRF's parent company, Nexstar, is hosting a debate featuring the three leading Republicans contending for Senator Sherrod Brown's seat. Secretary of State Frank LaRose, State Senator Matt Dolan, and Cleveland businessman Bernie Moreno. Hear from them on Monday, January 22nd. You can watch the debate on WTRF ABC Ohio Valley at 7 p.m. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Thursday. I'm Taylor Long. Coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. With the Kroger app, shopping online with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store. Same low prices, same personalized deals, same rewards on the same high-quality items like Honeycrisp apples and pasta sauce with no hidden fees or markups. It's one small click for groceries, one big win for busy families everywhere. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Kroger always gives you savings and rewards on top of our lower than low prices. And when you download the Kroger app, you can enjoy over $500 in savings every week with digital coupons. Plus, you can earn fuel points to save up to $1 per gallon at the pump. And with a Boost membership, you'll save even more with double fuel points and free delivery. So you can always save big every day with our savings and rewards. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Mountaineers' final visit to Norman, Oklahoma, does not end as it had hoped as the number 15-rated Sooners knock off West Virginia by a score of 77-63. Really, it was a story of two halves, as it has been much of this season for the Mountaineers. West Virginia led in the opening half, fell by four points at the break. 
down 29 to 25. In the second half, Oklahoma builds its lead up to as many as 19 points with just inside of eight minutes to play. They end up outscoring West Virginia by 10 in the second half, 48 to 38. Rebounding a huge story in this game, Oklahoma really crushed the glass in the second half. They had a three-rebound advantage at the end of the first half. They end the game plus 14 in the rebounding department as they outboard WVU 33-19. Free throws also key in this game. Oklahoma outscores West Virginia by eight points at the free throw line. They go 22 of 30. They attempt 10 more free throws than West Virginia. Individually, WVU led by Noah Farrakhan, who came off the bench to score 14 points. Raekwon Battle did hit for double figures. He had 12, but did not shoot the ball well. Just 4 of 13 from the field, 2 of 8 from three-point range. Quinn Slazinski finished up with 10 points and 5 rebounds. For the game, West Virginia shoots it at 46% from the field. OU shoots it at 49%. So the Mountaineers fall and now get ready for a Saturday visit by the Kansas Jayhawks to the Coliseum. Final score, Oklahoma 77, West Virginia 63. That is today's Mountaineer Report. It's brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. And Menards is the one-stop shop for huge savings on new, energy-efficient appliances. We carry the largest selection of in-stock appliances starting at low prices and ready to take home today. Check out our top appliance brands, including Criterion, KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, and Amana. Upgrade today and save big money on all new appliances right now at Menards. Save big money at a serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Live and local, every weekday, with 10,000 watts of total power on WKKX and WVLY. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Sleeping single in a double bed, thinking over things I wish I'd say. About 8.40, 22 of the hour here. Watchdog Morning Show. We are looking at 22 degrees. Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 20 at the uh, Highlands. 21 in Elm Grove. And 20 degrees here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. It's going to be a cloudy day today. Well, temperature up to maybe 30 or so before the day is over and done with. Maybe a smidgen below freezing. Snow showers come in in the overnight. The question is how much? It looks like a good bit. Probably in the early morning tomorrow and probably around drive time, Adam Fike tells us we are going to be looking at uh, some problems. So drive time could be a little bit uh, difficult tomorrow. And then the snow will continue throughout the day uh, with some snow squalls and additional accumulation. 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., Adam says we could see 3 to 5 inches total tomorrow. So be aware of that. Uh, and then the weekend, Snow will continue, but maybe not so much. Again, keep an eye on uh, TV7's weather forecast. Uh, here, Listen here to the Watchdog Radio Network and uh, use Storm Tracker 7 if you have the app on your phone because 
timing of all this stuff and uh, you know amounts and of accumulation and so on easily could change over the course of the next couple of days. Um, we have spent like every day this week and almost every day over the last couple of weeks talking about the the homeless in the city of Wheeling, in particular now the camping ban that was put into effect by city council uh, a month or so ago that uh, was paused up until today. And uh, and now what happens next? Well, what happened yesterday was the ACLU made good on a threat that if the camping ban wasn't delayed, they would uh, file a federal lawsuit, and they have done so. Wheeling Councilwoman and uh, mayor candidate uh, Rosemary Ketchum is here with us. Rosemary, you... Very early on when this camping ban was talked about, you pointed out that the ACLU was considering a lawsuit. Hi, Howard. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yes. I mean, we as a city have, this isn't our first uh, relationship with the ACLU. I believe that they, uh, in 2020 uh, or 2021, also threatened a lawsuit. It did not occur, as far as I know, at that time. Um, but this time they were very serious. Uh, the ordinance that we passed, um, the camping ban uh, a couple months ago um, seems to be in clear violation of some uh, uh, human rights. Um, uh, so I, I think that the ACLU case that was brought uh, to city council has legs. It's really unfortunate. I do feel that um, what this is doing is distracting and clouding the bigger issue. Um, but here we are. Rosemary, I, everybody knows the, the background. Just a real quick rundown. The the, uh, the city has, has had some problems with some of the camps, some of the individuals. Uh, that led to a number of council people feeling there needed to be some kind of restrictions put in place. They put the homeless camping ban into place. Um they did allow for they being you, I guess the council was large in that vote. Did it did allow for creation of a managed camp, but that hasn't yet happened. And we also learned this week. I you may have known that, but I didn't learn until I heard it at council this week that um, some camps can apply for an exemption if they'd like to, um, and the city manager can grant that on a temporary, short term basis. So that brings us to where we are now. Let me ask you because you have been deeply involved in this all along. What's going to happen here? I mean, what, what's the ultimate solution here? Yeah, just a, a little, uh, it's a very important question and a little clarity about the ordinance. It does not actually uh, create a permit process for an individual or a service provider. It just simply says that the city manager can designate uh, a managed camp. And I know that the city manager's office has been considering different locations, but nothing has been chosen yet. And this morning, as far as I know, a service provider reached out and said that a bulldozer showed up at an encampment. Um, and so what happens now is that, uh, unfortunately, we have a, a camping van. And so uh, the people who are sleeping out tonight or tomorrow night um, uh, in frigid temperatures uh, will be likely kicked out of their encampment. I, I want to get to the managed camp in just a second, but let's talk about this this idea of an exemption or an exception, I forget what the phrase is used in the ordinance. Sure. Uh, the city manager did say on uh, this week that nobody had approached him for it, but if somebody were to approach him to say, we'd like this camp to stay for a while and here are the reasons, he would consider that. He was clear, not necessarily an automatic deal, and it wouldn't be a long-term deal, but he would consider oh, it. He would consider it. Um, but at least as of Tuesday night, nobody had requ requested an exemption. Is that not one way that maybe some of the some of the the crisis problem could be resolved temporarily if some of these uh, camps would request an exemption and if the city manager would grant it? If the city manager would grant it, then yes. Ultimately, he has full discretion about what camps 
um, he would like to designate. Uh, so far, uh, there are two uh, specific encampments that folks have been talking about. What what a conversation that doesn't isn't often had is the extreme reduction in the number of encampments um, that has occurred since the creation of our homeless liaison. I mean, there were um, uh, a serious handful of camps encampments just a year and a half ago, two years ago, and now we're probably less than five. Uh, and I think, you know, this winter being one of the coldest I can remember, um, uh, this is really, I think, unethical. Um, but to your point about an exemption, uh, yes, if an organization finds an encampment or an individual uh, camper would like to apply for that, they would contact the city manager's office. Um, but there is no guarantee. But, but it seems to me, I mean, I'm, I'm, this isn't happening, but it seems to me this is a way to to put an effective pause on this if the city manager is now he made it very clear for example the nelson jordan camp he feels is too much of a problem he would not i don't think he would exempt that but, uh if some of these other camps would propose uh, the the agencies would propose an exemption at least it might allow um some of the camps to stay for at least for a temporary period of time until and unless a managed camp gets put together. And I guess, Rosemary, my question to you, again, because I know you you really are deeply involved in this. You talk to all the agencies directly and so on. Why can't, what's what's the problem with this managed camp? Uh, the city manager says he wants it to be done by the various homeless advocate groups to come up with a location and to come up with the, you know, to take, take charge of it. Why can't we get that done? And I think, from my perspective, the social service agencies have done everything that they can. It's really in the city's hands at this point. Um, I'm driving to the town, so I hope it's okay. It's okay. Um, uh, but, yes, uh, the social service agencies have done a handful of things. They have recommended multiple locations. They have committed to some funding sources. They've also committed to managing the camp themselves. Um, at this point, it's the city not giving a green light. Um, and I'm not going to impugn anybody's. Uh, uh, intentions here, um, but we the ball is in our court. I don't. I mean, all right. I don't want to impute anybody, but uh, or, or or say anybody's not telling the truth because timing can be an issue here. City manager was, was with us a week or so ago, and he said the exact opposite. Here, I'm pretty sure he said that uh, that he had not had any any ideas from the social agencies about location, nor has anyone stepped up to say they would take take charge if that's the right word uh, of managing the camp so uh, i you know I, I got the impression he was saying the ball was in the court of the homeless advocates groups and you're saying it's in the city's court correct uh so that is a that's a pretty big log jam there <laughs> yes i would say so I, I you know the primary agency that's been doing this work is catholic charities i mean they have uh recommended uh location they have said you know we will uh, support the management of that encampment. Obviously, uh, I think insurance is one of the biggest issues, uh, and that's not a conversation that I've had with our city manager, and I'd want to ensure that, you know, an encampment was protected by insurance. Uh, but, yes, I mean, we're in the middle of winter. It's the middle of January, um, and we passed this ordinance, um, you know, before the first of the year. So I think I wish we would have had a solution before right now. The timing is what bothers me. Look, I, 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 for a long time, I was I felt that maybe a ban was a bad idea. I get where it's coming from. I, I, I eventually came around to saying, all right, a, the, the so-called camping ban is acceptable with the managed camps, that with there being one place that would be acceptable, that would be right. some regulations that would, you know, I mean, there are some concerns about some of the homeless creating problems for the, quote, average citizens. Sure. Uh, so I get that. But I'm just bothered that none of these, it just seemed to me we should have not, not 
gone to dismantling camps until we had yeah. the second part of it in place, which was the managed camp. I don't know whose fault it is, but there ought to be the managed camp in place before we dismantle other camps. Absolutely. I mean, I completely agree. And this is the alarm that I raised before the uh, ordinance was even passed. I think also what concerns me um, is that uh, obviously it is wintertime. And one of the reasons the ACLU deems this such an issue is that there are not enough beds for the number of people uh, who need them. So we have various shelters that have different eligibility requirements, but simply um, uh, homeless shelter beds in the city of Wheeling, there are not enough for the number of people who need them. And so to say that you cannot camp, but you, there are no places to go um, in the wintertime is really, is really unfortunate. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, might be crass to say, but what is more expensive than a homeless person is a lawsuit. <laughs> and the last thing I want the city of Wheeling to be embroiled in is something that isn't good for us. I mean, we are turning a corner as a city, uh, and this is not the corner um, that I think we should be uh, turning at this moment. I, I see some small cracks in the uh, uh, cracks is not the right word because I mean the opposite actually. I see some m movement towards a little bit more cooperation than what I've been hearing in the past. Uh, Catholic Charities, for example, this week opened up their facility to uh, warming shelter during the daytime. Uh, which I thought made sense. According to the newspaper article, um, Catholic Charities offered to, uh, since they have some tight regulations on their homeless uh, shelter, uh, to perhaps right. sort of swap, if you will, some of the folks with a life hub so that folks who uh, could not get into the Catholic Charities, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I said Catholic Charities, I apologize, Salvation Army, could not get into the Salvation Army, could that could go to the Life Hub, and the Life Hub could send folks there. I, I, I got a sense that maybe there's beginning to be a little more talk about working together, but I, you're involved with it. Maybe I'm reading that wrong. Well, I think our organizations have always done a really good job of working together in the admin sense. This is a complicated issue, like working with any population. I've worked in nonprofits for almost 10, 15 years now. Um, it's going to be chaotic and messy and erratic, but thankfully we have some of the most qualified experts anywhere in the nation working in reeling. Um, and even still, it's really it's really complex. Rosemary, I want to jump ahead. What we're doing right now, uh, homeless camp bans, uh, freeze shelters, warming shelters, managed camps, this is all really a Band-Aid on a problem. This really doesn't address the problem. <laughs> Right. Somewhere down the road, we're going to have to begin to talk about addressing the root causes of homelessness and trying to not just find a warm shelter for the people who are homeless in the wintertime, but to find a way to get them to be housed. Correct. You're absolutely right. You know, I, I don't I'm not Pollyanna-ish about this. I mean, I don't know that there will ever be a day that we can say there isn't a homeless person living in Wheeling or in Ohio County. Um, but there are plenty of things that we can do as a city uh, to address this problem with our partners. I mean, we know that addiction, mental illness uh, and poverty are the three largest contributors to homelessness. Uh, access to affordable housing is a big one as well. Um, and right now, as you may be aware, the city of Wheeling is receiving um, uh, you know, seven hundred plus thousand dollars in opioid settlement right. funds. I think those funds could be really well spent addressing prevention um, uh, related to opioid use. You know, I come a from a family um, in recovery and addiction, uh, and I will say uh, that homelessness uh, has been the number, or rather, uh, addiction has been the number one cause of homelessness. Uh, whether that's my family or folks that I I know uh, intimately, and so that's something I think uh, is a place we can address. 
and we have not just the expertise but the money to do it. I, 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 I believe I'm right. I think it was Dr. Mercer who talked about that this week, and if I attribute it to the wrong person, I apologize, but I think it was Dr. Mercer. And he made a pretty good argument that we have these opioid funds. We need to use them to deal with the opioid problem in one way, manner, shape, or form, and it certainly is a big part of the homeless problem are drug addictions. So it seems to me there's a logical, that's, that's not a far stretch to say that money could be used there. Oh, absolutely. And there's something called comorbidity where folks obviously have mental health issues and they may uh, self-medicate uh, with drugs or alcohol and uh, addressing those things simultaneously is really, really important. Uh, you know, Wheeling is not unlike many other cities in West Virginia, Parkersburg, Huntington, Morgantown, um, that are addressing homelessness and dealing with it in a very serious way. Um, but we are different in the sense that we have the tools on the ground, we have the experts doing the work, um, and right now, thankfully, we have some funds to do uh, the necessary work that needs to be done. So um, if we can find a strategy and a plan, um, I think we'll be in better shape than we've ever been. Rosemary, I appreciate your time this morning. Uh, thanks very much. I've been trying to stay on top of this from a variety of different places. I talked to some folks from a couple of the agencies last night, and I want to get them on here in the next day or two, maybe the beginning of next week, to get uh, that perspective. I've been talking about this primarily through the government agencies, and I think I need to talk to some of the nonprofits as well. So I had a little conversation last night. I'll try to follow up on that more on this show because I, I, this is a big issue. You know, it's a small number of people, but it's a big issue. And, and I think it's something we need to stay on top of. So thanks for your time today. Thanks for the work you do. How's the campaign coming, by the way? Uh, the campaign's great. Um, we're going to start door knocking next week. Uh, we're very excited to hit all the neighborhoods. All right. Well, good luck on that. And I will be talking to you again in the near future. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Howard. Rosemary Ketchum is the third ward councilwoman and also a candidate for mayor in the city of Wheeling uh, this morning. Well, not just this morning, but until the election. Six before the hour, it is the Watchdog Morning Show. Sports Map Radio is on all night long. Tune in to get up to the minute sports coverage on FM 98.1, AM 1600. We, we are the Watchdog. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. The Highlands is the Ohio Valley's top spot for shopping, dining, and entertainment, too. Play a round of simulated golf at the Four Seasons course. Grab a movie with family or friends at the Marquee Cinemas, featuring 14 screens of the hottest new movies in all digital and 3D. Plus, special promotions like Flashback Cinema. Or visit the Highlands Sports Complex with turf, courts, climbing wall, and an arcade. Shopping, dining, and entertainment. Just off I-70, the top of the hill, the Highlands. 
live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Till I die. She told him you'll forget in time. As the years went slowly by, she still prayed upon his mind. I'm very glad that we're coming up on nude break. <laughs> so I have a few minutes to eat my sandwich. What was I asking for earlier this morning, Bob? You got it, the croissant from uh, Burger King. A, a Burger King breakfast croissant. Oh, man, I was thinking about this all morning. Next week is National Croissant Day, and uh, they've got a deal next week. But I saw the, the, the story, a big picture of this croissant. And I was, oh, man, I just have a desire for croissant. Son of a gun. Thanks to Mark from the Pine Room, guys. Let's play it safe. Why don't you wish for the Powerball numbers, and we'll see if we get those also, Howard. <laughs> see, that's wish- don't waste those wishes. <laughs> that's a good point. You're, that, that's a yeah. I mean, a croissant is nice, but you're right about, about man. I got and we got. I got little. I love these little hash brownie things, tater tots, whatever they call these things. These are good too. Bob's down over there. He took a big bite. Mm, man, I don't even brought a drink. Man, a lot. These pine room guys are pretty good. Pine room boys are awesome. We are here um, multiple times a week. I guess is the best way to say it. Uh, today's not their day. Tomorrow they're on. They don't even come in today, but they brought us breakfast. Got breakfast, man. I love it. I love it. <clears throat> Hang on, take a quick drink here. Wash it down, Howard. Yeah, I'll wash it down. Mm. <laughs> All right, ABC covers the world coming up next. And again, I'm glad we're, we're right the perfect timing, Mark, because this way I didn't have to eat while I was talking to Rosemary or didn't have to scarf it down during commercial break. Got the little longer news break. I can get my sandwich in here. Uh, coming up next hour, we are going up to New Hampshire, where uh, former Congressman Paul Hodes is, and also our friend Matt Robeson, uh, who does uh, frequently joins us. He's uh, from New Hampshire as well. We're going to talk about the New Hampshire primary. Does it make any difference anymore? Um, look, Donald Trump is going to be the nominee. I don't see any way around that. Joe Biden isn't even isn't even on the ballot in New Hampshire, believe it or not. Um, and so, does New Hampshire make any difference this year or any year for that matter? Uh, we'll talk about that coming up with the uh, uh, the folks from in live from New Hampshire coming up in the next hour of the show. A few other things to get into, including uh, another example of how I never should have sold my comic, not sold, never should have gotten rid of my comic book collection when I was a kid. Jeez, got a story about that. It's going to drive you crazy. Powerball, you don't need that. You need the right Spider-Man comic book, which I had once upon a time. Tell you about that coming up next hour as well. Just about 9 o'clock here on the Watchdog Morning Show. ABC covers the world, and I, well, I, I'm going to eat my sandwich now. He stopped loving her today. You know, she came to see him one last time. 